Welcome back to GALS. I'm Christina Warren, a senior cloud developer advocate here at Microsoft. And I'm joined today, I'm so excited, by one of my favorite people, Paige Bailey. Excellent. And I am Paige Bailey, also a senior cloud developer advocate specializing in machine learning and AI. So I get to predict the future with computers and with data. I love it. So, yeah. all right, tell me what's going to happen in the future. What's going to happen in the next 20 minutes? What's going to happen in the next 20 minutes? We're going to have an amazing time. <laughs> um, you're going to ask me a lot of questions, and I'm going to try my best to answer. Okay. Yeah. And what's going to happen in the next 20 years? In the next 20 years? Well, I, I am not quite sure, but uh, hopefully, um, hopefully, uh, I have no earthly idea. <laughs> <laughs> what it, so, um, what's going to happen in the next 20 years? Um, uh, are like what's gonna like are are the bots gonna take over? Are we all going to be working for you know computerized uh, machines that that uh, become sentient? Like is is Skynet gonna become a real? That's really what I want to know. Well, Skynet, um, if Skynet becomes a reality, hopefully it's not running on JavaScript. Like okay. that's that's the only the only stipulation that I have. Um, more <laughs> more than likely, though, um, we're just going to have more computers to do our bidding. So okay. um, there will be better algorithms. There will be a massive amount of data, um, and a whole bunch of new jobs will be created. So if anything, um, we'll just all be the individual lords and ladies of our own fleet and um, fiefdom of mechanical of mechanical servants. Okay. Yeah. All right, I'm I, I'm down with that. Yeah. Um, all right, so um, you, you're fair, like a lot of the the, the CDAs of uh, cloud developer advocates. You're fairly new to Microsoft. How long have yes. you been with Microsoft? I've only been with Microsoft for three months. So I started on around August first, um, and I have been kind of rapid fire, excitedly going off and doing Microsoft things since then. So what did you do before you joined Microsoft? I was a data scientist in the energy industry for four and a half years. Um, prior to that, I did about two years of a stint as a GIS technician, and that was a lot of fun. So GIS is is map making, basically. So I used an application called ArcGIS um, in order to make beautiful maps and to do um, sort of geostatistical analysis of sociology, um, sociology studies and uh, lots and lots of education work for Rice University. Okay, very yeah. cool. Um, you and I, like when, when we first met, I kind of heard a little bit about the background in your story, and I really can't wait for everybody else to hear it. But yeah. I mean, my first kind of takeaway when I hear all of this, I'm like, that's a lot of math. Yeah. Oh, you mean geophysics? Yeah, okay. geophysics, yeah. Yeah, so, um, so my undergrad was geophysics and applied math. Um, so very, very focused on um, sort of interpreting the world through, um, through equations and using data to understand what's happening around us. Um, and then I got into carbonate geology for grad school, and that's less math, um, more statistics, um, but still delightful. So uh, I, I guess I've always just had a passion for numbers. I, I love, um, I love not so much the arithmetic part. I think that everybody is kind of a struggle blessing with arithmetic, but being able to see um, kind of the world around you expressed in equations is is kind of nice. It's very beautiful. That's awesome. So let's start. Let's let's go way back. How did you first kind of get interested, I guess, in math and by extension computers, or did one lead to the other? Like, was it the reverse? Gotcha. So, um, well, for, for for actually, let's go even further back. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a tiny town, um, about halfway between Dallas and Waco. If we know any, you know, if we've got any, you've got any Texans people. in the audience between Dallas and Waco? Okay. Dallas and Waco, thirteen hundred person town called Itasca. Wow. 
Yeah. Super uh, small. Very small. And um, when I was growing like, up. There were more people than that at my high school. Absolutely. And, and you know, it's 1,300 people. I was related to half of them. And there were just about as many cows. So, you know, <laughs> it's it's not exactly the, the kind of location that's a bustling technology metropolis. So how did you then get into tech or math or which came first and how did like that happen? Gotcha. So um, my mom rescued a computer that was about to be thrown away and it was an Apple II. Nice. Yes. So um, our library had gotten an Apple II donated by someone who had retired to, you know, the countryside, the idyllic countryside for, for their final years. Um, and I got the computer. The, the library couldn't figure out how to make it work. So um, we took it home. We hooked it up. And that was my first experience making text adventure games on an Apple II. How old were you? I was, I want to say, eight or nine. So it was, it was pretty young. So you just, you know, you plugged in the Apple II, and at that point, I mean, I think, because you're young, like, the Apple II was pretty obsolete at this point, Absolutely. Right? But but you've got, like, I guess, like, the, probably the, the five and a quarter inch floppy disks, right? Uh, like, the, the actual floppy disks, yeah. putting them in, and, and then using, like, I guess, like, basic, maybe, to do text adventure stuff? Is that what you were doing? Basic, um, and the only way that I knew how to do it was because it came stocked with all of those floppies that you were mentioning, and also a couple of computer manuals about how you would go about creating your own programs. Um, the funny thing is, is that the person who had donated the computer, I believe he was an accountant or something <laughs> of that nature. So, so some of them were games, like very few, but others were just like, I, I don't even know what, um, what spreadsheet software, uh, but just collections of numbers and, and sort of accountant type, accountant type things. So you start building text adventure games on, on your Apple II, and it was my only toy. And that was your only <laughs> toy. And so and you're you're in the small town, and did that really like open up kind of your love of computers? Absolutely. Like, it, and it really is true. If if that's your only toy, then that's what you become so invested in. Um, and I worked hard. I, I saved up as much money as I could, and I. I Convinced my mom to purchase um, to purchase a gateway whenever uh, whenever they got down to like two hundred and fifty dollars for a desktop computer. So uh, we pulled together our resources. We purchased a gateway, and it came packed with so much software. So there was um, oh gosh, there was Mist, there was Gizmos and Gadgets, there was the Incredible Machine, there was Encarta World Encyclopedia, and that is what I blame my love of math on is um, Grade Builder Algebra One, Gizmos and Gadgets, and the Incredible Machine. Awesome. Yeah. So, so you're you're young. You're probably still in elementary school, yeah. and you're just loving the, these math um, CD-ROMs. Yeah. What did what did your teachers think? Oh, they were very confused. <laughs> like um, for the most part. Um, so I, I ended up doing kind of accelerated coursework throughout um, throughout my my elementary school. Um, and whenever I would finish assignments, you know, pretty early, they would just either send me off to the library or they would just give me um, sort of assignments for the next grade level. So it, it just, it, it kind of, like I said, it, it meant that, you know, you move kind of past the standard curriculum right. a little bit earlier. Yeah. But, um, but the, yeah, I, I, I mean, I, I assume they were happy, but, yeah. it's, it, but also very confused. <laughs> so. um, did you start using computers at school at any point? Did you get any, any um, instruction there, or was it mostly coming from kind of learning your own stuff along the way? Right. So it was, it was, mostly, it was mostly learning our own stuff. My, my uh, school system unfortunately didn't really have a computer science program, so we had kind of the the business application situation where you know here's how you use Excel and right. here's how you use Word, and that was very boring at the time. Um, but uh, 
that was that was basically the only the only computer experience. I did compete in uh, UIL in Texas again for the Texans University Interscholastic League. So it's like <laughs> a it's like academic competitions. But I competed in something called calculator skills. Okay. Yeah, and and for that. Um, I, I don't even know if they have it anymore, but you could build your own. You could build your own programs on a TI eighty nine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so that I used was, to do that. Yeah, it was so cool, right? Like, and there, there are people who have done like crazy things with it. Like, they've built out first person shooter games. I was gonna say, I remember because I I'm older than you, and and I remember no, the, when, when the TI eighty nine came out, like somebody created like a version of like Final Fantasy seven. Oh my god, <laughs> that's so cool. And yeah. it was and it was actually fairly close. It was mostly kind of text based, but they did have graphics. Yeah. As much as you could do on the 89. That's really cool. Because the 89 was like a big step up from like the 83 and the 86, yeah. which, yeah, but that's so cool. So, so yeah, so you would build apps for for, 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 for the calculator. Yeah, that's because so cool. again, only toy, right? <laughs> like when your toys are limited, you get really invested in your toys. Did uh, Were you online at this point? Like were you going on the internet? So I wasn't supposed to, but uh, Gateway, um, I ended up playing uh, Star Wars Jedi Knight Dark Forces 2 and Mysteries of the Sith, and they had a multiplayer component. Uh -huh. So um, that was my first foray into like online experience was um, was doing the multiplayer games and then also uh, through that people were like tossing out links to Wikipedia and those sorts of things. So I learned about Wikipedia and that was like you know mind blown. Yeah, Project Gutenberg mind blown because you know all of these uh, even though they were text files for books it was just like wow because my hometown didn't have a library. You know, like. so so th this was really important. This is a great way you got knowledge. Absolutely. Um, so you continue kind of doing this. Um, where did you go to college, or what did you do after you graduated from high school or left high school? Right. So my mom had a stipulation that I stay in Texas um, and that I also pay for university myself. So I got a full scholarship to go to Rice University in Houston. Um, I, I went there for undergrad and it had a delightful experience. So did you? What did you major in? Did you know like based on I guess. You know, building app, you know, building programs, and and doing all this math stuff. Does that was that kind of your focus and what you wanted to do, or what did you want to study? Right. My entrance essay was about computational neuroscience. Dude. Yeah. Yeah. Girl. So, so, so that was <laughs> her college entrance thing was on computational neuroscience. But so so it was it was really um, like I had a lot of passion around it, especially in in terms of Alzheimer's research. Yeah. And uh, so I sent it in, I got really great feedback about it, and I arrive at Rice, and some, uh, the person, the entrance coordinator tells me, oh, hey, that's great, but we don't have a program in that. So, um, so I, I was just kind of crushed a little bit. So and had you wanted to be a doctor? Is that what you thought about doing, or? I had mostly wanted to be a PhD, um, but you know, I think everybody kind of has super high expectations when they enter in college and they're like, I'm gonna be a medical doctor and also like an academic doctor and I'm gonna do all the things. But, um, but yeah, so I, I was hoping to do computational neuroscience. The closest thing Rice really had was something called cognitive sciences, okay. which was this beautiful blend of um, sort of linguistics and psychology and um, English and, and a little bit of computer science. Um, so I started off doing that. And um, while I was doing it, uh, I took a class in the earth sciences um, an introduction to geology from this professor named Adrian Lenardic, who is like the coolest guy in the world. Um, and that just kind of sparked a love of geology and geophysics. So I loved the computer science aspect of cognitive sciences. 
I loved the earth sciences course that I took, and I just kind of naturally... You kind of found this perfect fusion of the two. Yeah. And jumping forward a little bit, we'll go back in a second, but cognitive sciences, I mean, that is really kind of the basis of, of what we do with AI and, and, and machine learning yeah. now, right? Yeah. So it's kind of funny that mm -hmm. not having that computational neuroscience thing, having to yeah. do cognitive sciences instead, in some ways, maybe, I don't know, I, I don't want to speak, but like worked out in some ways perfectly, because yeah. now the work that you're doing now, which is so cutting edge and so hot and everybody wants more of it, yeah. is like really in demand. Absolutely. And uh, it was the coursework that I took through that degree was so eye-opening and, and just in terms of like how does how do brains process information, like um, the philosophy of cognitive science, like what is what does it actually mean to um, to see a tree or to define a tree or something like that. It's, it was wonderful. That's really cool. So so you, you do the cognitive science and stuff, you start loving kind of your love of geology and, mm -hmm. and getting into that part of it. And then mm -hmm. you end up doing um, you, you end up doing work at, at Rice and yeah. then going on to Chevron to do the geophysics kind of yeah. analysis stuff, yeah. right? So um, Chevron, I had, I had had three research internship experiences as an undergrad. So I, I went to the Laboratory for Atmospheric and Space Physics in Boulder. Um, which was an NSF-sponsored um, research experience. It was wonderful. It was so nice um, studying lunar ultraviolet and then kind of doing the same thing at Southwest Research Institute in San Antonio, so studying, um, studying lunar ultraviolet but with a different, a different NASA project. Um, and then I got an internship at Chevron. And so, um, as and I'm sure you guys know, uh, if you so last was academic, right? Yep. So university sponsored. Sweary was kind of like private research facility, and Chevron was industry. And if you pay, if you pay, um, if you look at the paychecks for these guys, yeah. Chevron was kind of you the, know the, the the energy the winner. Company. Yeah, <laughs> the, the oil industry is gonna gonna pay better. Who knew? Yeah. Um, so and that was around the $120 a barrel time. Okay. So, so they were basically like. Hey, Paige Bailey. You know, we would love to have you come and program for us after you graduate, um, and also we'll pay for grad school. And I was like, well, okay, <laughs> that that speaks to my interests. So, um, so that was that was Chevron, and I did geophysical plug-in development and and sort of earth sciences application stuff for a couple of years um, until they they realized that that what I was doing was basically data science and they had a word for it now. Yeah. So um, started doing uh, started being called a data scientist around my last two and a half years. And you were going to grad school at the same time. Yeah. And what did you study in grad school? Carbonate geology. That's right. You'd said that before. Yeah. Carbonate geology. Yeah. So so that that that's what that's what you went to grad school for. Yeah. Um. And and so at this point now. Like you've got a, like you said, you have a proper word. This this data scientist thing, yeah. um, and and that obviously everybody wants to be a data scientist. Like that's like one of the hot like kind of career tracks. Did that kind of surprise you? Was this kind of happenstance? Did you get yeah. the idea that that was going to be something that would be really like in demand, or was this no idea, <laughs> no idea? It, and and also my my entire career trajectory has just kind of been like, oh well, that's cool. I'm going to learn more things about that. Like I love it. Yeah, like maps are great. Programming is great. Like I, I also really like hiking, so let's learn more about rocks, those sorts of things. And um, every every department that I was ever affiliated with was just kind of like, that's crazy. Like the geologists were just 
why are you learning things about computers? Like, that, that doesn't make any sense. And the computer people were like, why are you learning things about rocks? That makes zero sense. And you're like, actually, though, but together they do. You yeah. know, getting yeah. chocolate in my peanut butter does make sense. Absolutely. Um, and it's more delicious. It is more delicious. <laughs> um, so let me ask you this. Speaking about kind of programming, while you were in college and, and maybe even grad school, like, were you obviously you were taking some computer science classes, I assume, to go along with some of this stuff? Some of them, yeah. Oh, or were you kind of exploring on your own programming? How was that? What, what, what was that like? It was, it was mostly exploring on my own, but with heavy, heavy guidance from, um, most of my friends were computer science majors, so they kept telling me about all this cool stuff that they were doing with Python or with MATLAB yeah. or something like that. And it, it, and it was just always, you know, kind of, it was magic to me, right? Like you were, you were using computers to do things that would normally take hours or days to complete. And so um, my job as an undergrad was a GIS technician, and ArcGIS had a habit around that time um, of being kind of unstable, or at least on the machine I was using. Um, so the only way to really create the maps was by scripting it out. So you had to use ArcPy, which is kind of an embedded Python library developed by Esri, um, in order to create the maps, to do the geoprocessing, and then to spit them back out. So I, I basically automated my job, and I probably shouldn't say that. <laughs> you totally should, because that's badass. Yeah, well, thank you. Um, don't, just don't tell the sociology department. <laughs> but no, actually, though, I mean, if you're like, this is what students now should be doing, like, yeah. automate your job, dudes. Yeah, especially if, you know, the only way around it is if your application crashes and you have to start over from scratch each Well, and, time. I mean, and that's, that's a terrible experience, and, yeah. and that doesn't make you want to continue to do more, and if you're able to be more efficient, yeah. plus you're learning scripting. So did you learn Python in college, or were you learning that in high school? How did that kind of come about? It was definitely in college. So um, in high school, I had no idea that Python was a thing. Um, I, had, I had done text adventures with BASIC. I had, I had been attempting to do, um, to do some other things in the terminal on my gateway, but I never really got super into programming until I got to college. Yeah. Is Python your favorite language? Oh, heck yeah. Python, um, Python is favorite language. I've, I've spent about 10 years with it. Um, R is very close second, though. Yeah. Um, primarily because of the excellent usability tools for data manipulation that Hadley Wickham's created. And the data visualization is phenomenal, too. Python is two or three? Uh, three. Definitely three. Definitely. Sorry, Zed Shaw. <laughs> uh, no. I, know, I love Zed, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. actually, three. he was kind of why I asked. I yeah, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> but yeah, definitely three. And and I think um, so. I think Python two is even like not going to have support after next year. So we're going to have a lot of people with these historic shell scripts that are like really going to have a tough time. That's kind of scary. Yeah. World's gonna end whenever Python 2 loses support. I mean, people said the same thing about Y2K. This is true. I mean, they've said the same thing about any time anything moved forward. You know, like, oh, yeah. this, this version of PHP is, is, yeah. is moving forward. And it's like, eh, yeah, it's fine. I found Probably. out. Yeah, I found out today that, uh, or last week, I guess, that Perl 6 is now in existence. Like, and that was like in the works for forever and always. I, and Perl was one of the first like kind of languages I ever really used, so I feel bad saying this, but I always forget that Perl is a thing. Yeah. Well, I I'm mean, sorry, it's Perl, fr Perl fans. So, like, no, no disrespect at all, but I, I do always forget that it's a thing. And it's it's so like Perl is the strangest thing to me because you can just kind of like fumble away at the keyboard, just type whatever you want, and you'll get a response. Like you'll you'll get something back. It's just probably not what you want. <laughs> <laughs> So, so you, you, you're at Chevron, you're in grad school, um, you're doing you know, this data science stuff. Um, how did that then lead into a job at Microsoft? Right, so um, 
I was I was working at Chevron, you know, doing doing very interesting things, very interesting data science projects, and um, but I, I was always kind of on nights and weekends going off, and like I founded Pi Ladies in Houston. Um, I was speaking at conferences. I was I was trying to give as many workshops as possible. I loved the the sort of learning about something and then teaching others how to do it situation. Um, and my my job um, my job at Chevron was very uh, kind of focused on you know having considerable business impact and, and those sorts of things and there and there wasn't um, there wasn't much emphasis on the outreach component and it, one day I, I was just kind of looking at, at jobs and you know this the developer advocate position is kind of like oh hey Paige do you want to get paid for what you do on nights and weekends and I was just like that makes zero sense <laughs> like how you're you're basically paying me to be a page you're basically paying me to be myself yeah and then it's so cool and it was ridiculous yeah so so I, I applied um, I kind of I, I think I contacted every um, every hiring decision maker um, in, in the entire program and you know, they invited me to come to campus for an on-site, and it was just, you know, since then, I, I don't think I've stopped smiling, so. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. One of the things we haven't talked about a lot, and I'm actually really happy, is, you know, being a woman in tech hasn't really come up much in this conversation. Right. But I'm sure that it's part of your journey. Do you think that, and, and I don't know, because you grew up in a really small town. Oh, yeah. Where you're, you know, one of the few people using computers and one of the few people programming, I have to imagine, because it's so small. That's just the, 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 yeah. the nature of things. Did you ever feel um, like you shouldn't be doing the things that you were doing because of your gender? Was that ever something that was in the back of your mind or did you just not care and, and was, was nobody really paying attention to that? Right, so um, gender definitely comes up, especially in small town America, right? Like yeah. if you're a boy, you're gonna play football. If you're a girl, you're gonna be a cheerleader and that's just the way it is. Yeah. Um, and, and so you do those things. Um, I actually ended up not really talking to a many people about computers when I was growing up. Not not because of any sort of underlying stigma, but just because, like you said, nobody was really using them. Right. So so I, I if even if I had gone up to someone and, and been like, hey I'm using a computer, um, the 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 feedback wouldn't have been that's weird you're a girl. The feedback would have been that's weird period. Right. So uh, so I, I never really thought much about it being strange for a woman to be interested in computers. And then rice, rice is just such a weird bubble. Like if you've ever seen the movie Real Genius, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, Pacific Tech or whatever. Rice, rice is very very similar to okay. that. Do, do, is there a big popcorn explosion at the end? Uh, the, the big popcorn explosion, you know, ice going around the halls, people screaming in the middle of finals, all of that, all of that absolutely Tears, tears for Fears playing in the closing credits. Absolutely. And Chris Knight, there was a guy who looked exactly like him. So it's, uh, I'm telling you, Rice is as close to Pacific Tech as you can get. Cool. So nobody thought it was really weird that I was running around like Jordan, you know, building yeah. things or, or, you know, speaking very quickly about, uh, about computers. So that was, I, I was just kind of fortunate. That, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, but when you do your outreach, is that something you notice? That, that oh, absolutely. You, yeah, that, I guess either the absence of or maybe the uncomfortableness. Is that, is that something you try to kind of yeah. uh, like maybe lift up? How, talk a little bit about that. Absolutely. So um, I, I think a lot, of, a lot of people have grown up in dissimilar environments, right, where it's, uh, they either start a computer science course and, you know, they're, they're really enthusiastic about it but maybe some of their peers have been, had more experience with computers and or they're, they're assumed to be um, sort of more skilled or experienced because they're a man or, or, or whatever reason. 
And the, um, the thing that I always say is, is like, don't be apologetic. And any, anything that a guy can do, you can do as well. Um, and, and I also, I, I get kind of mama bearish. So like if I, see, if I see anyone make a comment that could even possibly be interpreted as like, oh, well, you know, good job, you know, like you're doing, that's great for a girl. I'm just like, what do you mean that's great for a girl? Like, no, that's great, period. <laughs> like, like you sit down, like we're gonna, we're gonna have a conversation. So um, I, I, I guess that's the, the only thing that I can, I, I wish I had a more of a helpful commentary about it, but the, the reality is, you know, it's, it's hard to be a woman in tech. Um, you, it's, it's difficult to, um, to know that you have the agency to stand up for yourself. Um, and it helps to have um, other supportive women in the same field to kind of stick together and to, yeah. No, I agree. Have you had female mentors who have been able to help you along the way? Yeah, that was the great thing about the oil industry. So um, the oil industry is littered uh, with, uh, with women who have, you know, just kind of like fought their way to the top. Um, and they're all very, very focused on like, okay, well, let's help the people in the, um, let's help the other young women who are trying to do a similar thing. That's awesome. Yeah, so Marjorie Connor at Chevron, um, she, she's just a phenomenal operations research person from Berkeley. Um, she was a huge mentor to me, then also Lee Conroy. Um, and, and several others in the earth sciences were just incredibly supportive. Um, like if, if, there were, if there was ever any sort of man talking over a person in a meeting, they immediately shut it down and were just like, no, let's hear what Paige has to say. And, and so, so I always try to do the same thing. That's fantastic, that's really good. Yeah. Well, I love hearing about, I mean, you're, you're so young and like you're just kind of feel like at the beginning of, of your journey, even though you've done so much, but I can't wait to see what you continue to do at Microsoft and on the CDA team around, you know, data science, well, around, I guess, machine learning and AI. Yeah. Um, all right, we're running out of time, but I do want to do our lightning round. Okay, let's do all it. All right, we're going to do it. So I'm going to ask you spitfire questions. You're going to answer super quick. Um, if you want to expand anything, you can. All I right. might add, I, we've got a list, but I might add a couple more. Okay. So we'll see. All right. Sounds good. Star Wars or Star Trek? Oh, Star Wars. All right. Uh, what do you spend money on that makes your life easier? Coffee. All right. Uh, coffee or tea? Coffee. All right. Um, what's the first thing you do um, in the morning before starting work? Oh, check check email, check phone, check computers, connect myself to all the necessary electronic appliances. <laughs> uh, Twitter or Instagram? Twitter. Instagram or Snapchat? Oh, God. Uh, that's a hard one. Uh, uh, yeah, Snapchat. <laughs> Snapchat or, or iMessage? Uh, Snapchat. Okay. Uh, do you listen to music when you work? I listen to music all the time. What kind of music do you listen to when you code? Um, usually Tim Hecker, Sigur Rose, Boards of Canada. Okay. Yeah. Uh, do you ever dream in code? I do. Okay. Is it a specific language? Is it like full programs? Like what, what, what do you see? Uh, usually Python. So uh, it's usually, uh, so I can see images, but there's, uh, it looks like a terminal window underneath. Yeah. Okay, what's the most useless, ga useless gadget you've ever purchased? Useless gadget I ever, probably the Zune. The Zune. Sorry, <laughs> sorry. I was actually Star-Lord for Halloween because it. Wait, was it your original Zune that you'd had or did you buy one off of eBay like to be cool? I bought a Zune in 2007. Doing God's work. <laughs> uh, all right, uh, the, the, do you have a tattoo that you regret the most? I, I don't regret any of my tattoos. How many tattoos do you have? Three. Three, okay. Yeah. Um, what's your favorite app? My favorite app, oh gosh, that would probably, I'm lame, it would probably be Twitter mm -hmm. um, or the Fitbit app because okay. I, I just love seeing. You like seeing all your steps. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what's the, your biggest time waster? 
my biggest time waster, probably also Twitter. Um, but it's not wasted time. There's so much information. And, and, and you're helping people. This is true. Kind of. I mean, so. it, it's, a, it's a toxic wasteland, but it's also sometimes good. This is true. Also, Hacker News, probably. That's oh, yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of toxic wastelands, yeah. don't read the comments, but the, the content's good. Mm -hmm. um, all right, what's your advice for the younger generation, um, especially women getting involved in tech? You do you. You do you. Um, anything that you're interested in, go after it full force. The only thing that you have, the only responsibility you have as a human being is to find what you love and do it and not hurt anybody in the process. So that is... That is my advice. I love it. I love it. All right. So let's, right before we wrap up, we have to talk about your Twitter name because we oh, talk about yeah. Twitter a lot. Because I think it's so good. <laughs> t t tell everybody, I mean, it should be on the screen right now, hopefully, but tell, tell, tell the audience your Twitter name. A dynamic web page. Page spelled like my name. P-A-I-G-E. It's so many letters, which is not a good thing for Twitter, but it's yeah. so good. Yes, and and my name, I, I think it's the best thing that my mom ever gave me because Paige can go into so <laughs> many different internet-themed puns. It, it really does. I mean, yeah. like you, you should have your own podcast called Page Fault. Page Fault, Page Breaks, mm -hmm. um, uh, every uh, dynamic web page, Page Faulted, yeah. I like it. Yeah. I like it. All right. Paige Bailey, yes. thank you so much for talking to me. Thank you for having me. This has been delightful. Yes, your story is great. And uh, we will see you guys next time on Gals. And keep tuned into Channel 9 to see more of Paige and stuff that she does uh, with part of the CDA team. Excellent.